What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related on today's episode. Of course, we're going to be breaking down, talking a little bit more about the Bulls win over in Utah, their first win in Utah since 2016. We're also going to be talking about two articles, one from The Ringer that basically says the Chicago Bulls are the most depressing team in the NBA and that they should blow it up. We're also going to talk about an article that came out from Slam Magazine last night that some internally think that Lonzo Ball is going to be back by the All-Star break. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So the Bulls last night got a big win and, and had a much better second half than first half. Just in the way that they defended, um, looking at Laurie Marketing, who had 24 points in the first half, comes back only 32 points on the game, holding them to eight uh, points in the second half in total. They did allow Kelly Olenek to go off five for 10 from three-point range. Uh, Io DeSumo did a really solid job defending Jordan Clarkson as well, uh, holding him to probably his worst game of the season. I think that kind of went overlooked, and I even kind of overlooked that in the post-game show yesterday. But Jordan Clarkson, who is their second-leading scorer, got held to three for 15 for only eight points in that game. And so the Bulls, as has become typical of the Chicago Bulls, really are a better second-half team. We have been a better second-half team throughout most of this season. And so that 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 continued in this game. But the, the things that bothered me in this game, right, and I talked about this over in the post-game show, I'm just going to touch on it briefly a little bit here as well, is the defensive scheme at times from the Chicago Bulls. There was way too much Io DeSumo on Laurie marketing. We all kind of came into this game expecting to see Laurie versus P. Will. And really, in that first half, Patrick Williams guarded Laurie Marketing on maybe five possessions. If even that, I think I'm even, uh, you know, giving them a little bit too much credit for that. He did. And in that time, Laurie Marketing scored on Patrick Williams on one of those possessions. Outside of that, Patrick Williams did a pretty good job defensively on Laurie Marketing. And so, you know, it was just questionable on why having so many guards. There are also times where DeMar was switched on Kelly Olenek. Um, and and it, let me not even say switched. There are times where the 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 scheme was to have DeMar DeRozan guarding Kelly Olenek, which I know Kelly Olenek isn't like this huge usual threat to score, but when you look at the size discrepancy and the strength discrepancy and the fact that DeMar isn't the strongest player, especially not guarding somebody when it comes to like a Kelly Olenek, it was just some things with that uh, that kind of bothered me with, with the way that, you know, Billy Donovan had things planned out defensively. I just think there are some short-sighted things in that area, especially when we already know we're going to play small, a lot of lineups with four guards and one big man. You know, we expect that part of it. But just when you have the the the, uh, the opportunity to put, like, Patrick Williams on Laurie Marketing, who Patrick Williams is one of our better defenders, um, outside of, like, really uh, Alice Caruso, he has some of the best defensive metrics on the team. Um, So just some things like that that I do think contributed to the Bulls' tough first half against the Utah Jazz. Um, Again, the three-point shooting, the Utah Jazz were shooting over 40, uh, 51% from the field in the first half. That came down hugely in that second half, and we got to see this team play a little bit better in this game. DeMar DeRozan, um, double-digit points in both the, the third quarters and the fourth quarters. He ends up with 26 points, six uh, assists, four rebounds, and one still in this game. DeMar was everything that we come to expect and need from DeMar DeRozan down the stretch of close and tight games. So, you know, while he didn't shoot the best percentage, him and Zach did not shoot the best uh, tonight at all. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, 9 for 20. Zach Levine, 7 for 20. Um, they both get over 20 points in this game. But to be 16 of 40 
from your 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 top two scorers on the team. Uh, that that's that's a little bit cause for concern there. But again, it doesn't matter because they got the job done at the end of the day. And especially DeMar was definitely DeMarvelous uh, in the second half of that game. Zach, especially in the third quarter, looked really good. He had some really good possessions that were non-scoring possessions. Zach's having a pretty solid defensive game as well from Zach Levine. Uh, Pat, uh, rebounded the ball well, six rebounds, five assists, one steal from Zach Levine. He played a really good game, was tied for the highest plus minus on the team with Alice Cruz on this. So, Having good minutes from Zach Levine, that shooting just still hasn't come around. Vooch, not a double-digit rebounding game, but he did have 16 points, nine rebounds, two assists, one steal. He played a pretty okay game. He missed a lot of three-pointers. He took over four. I think he was 0 for four from the three-point range, which he was. You want to see that tied up from Nikola Vucevic, but at the end of the day, they didn't really feed Vooch when he had mismatches. There were several, again, which has become the story of this team this season, several missed possessions where he had mismatches that they just did not go to Nikola Vucevic. So that's an issue. But Kobe White in this game coming up cl clutch with 15 points in this game, two rebounds. But if you got to watch the game, for those that don't watch the game, you have to watch it to see how well Kobe White played with his passing, with his off-the-ball defense, with getting deflections, with just being active out there. Kobe shot six for nine, three for five from the three-point range in this game's two rebounds, um, only one personal foul, no turnovers from Kobe White. Kobe White played a really good game in this one. Also, Andre Drummond, double-double off the bench, um, and just in, in only like 16 minutes on top of that. Uh, Andre Drummond is having a, an efficient uh, season completely. He's playing really good for the Chicago Bulls. I like what he's doing. Io, I already said it, really good defensive matchup on Jordan Clarkson. He only chips in eight points, four rebounds, three assists, but that doesn't really tell you the totality of what he gave in this game. Goran Dragic had a stat-stuffing night in a lot of ways. Seven points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He didn't shoot the ball well at all, but again, doing other things on the court for the Chicago Bulls team. That's what we want to see. This was a good, solid win. Some things that they can build off on, some things that they definitely need to improve on as well as we got Phoenix and Golden State in their next two games. Hopefully we see the Bulls play much better in that, much better defensive effort for all four quarters. We're going to need that against both of those teams. Golden State Warriors starting to pull it back together, looking like that team we expected to come out after defending a title. Um, and then on top of that, you know, uh, the Suns, they're number one team in the Western Conference right now. So the Bulls are definitely going to have to have their defensive um, he heads and minds about them in the next two games. The Bulls are four, I'm sorry, three and one in their last four games, which is super big considering just how bad that losing stretch was before then. We want to see this team continue to stack up wins and hopefully we can get back above 500, which does play into the next topic, which is this article from The Ringer. And so... This article from The Ringer, while it does point out a lot of truths, right? I can't really point out anything to say that is necessarily a lie with some of these things. When you look at them talking about uh, how, how the Bulls have underperformed, uh, the fact that the Bulls are, are, you know, they're looking at the Bulls as a win-now team and the fact that a, as a team that made the move for DeMar DeRozan that cracked a window open, it definitely now is questioning if that move. And the, the thing that I, that I disagree with in this, well, whereas – you know, I can't disagree with the stats, right? The stats are the stats. They're true. When you look at, like, the fact that Levine, Vooch, and uh, and DeMar on the floor are minus six, which is your big three when they're on the floor. We were minus 1.1 with them last year. Um, you can, you can, you definitely, you, you can't overlook that at all, right? You can't really find much holes in that. Um, and then their SOT selection were 28th in three-point rate. 
Uh, we take more shots than more mid-range shots than any other team in the NBA, but we have a 20 where the 28th in field goal percentage at the rim as well. So you got to look at some of those things. Definitely are issues for the Chicago Bulls, especially with the league that that three-point shooting has become much, much uh, bigger parts of. Does point out some positive things like Alice Caruso. The Bulls are plus 77 when Caruso plays, uh, minus 79 when he sits. Um, these are all valid things and valid things to point out about this team that is that has struggled um so far in the early part of the season. The thing where I start disagreeing with and the thing that really doesn't make sense, and this is where I think and I start taking it as teams really I'm I'm sorry, some of these outlets really print things that they know are gonna get clicks. Because to say that the Bulls should blow it all up and embrace the tank, let's break down why that's a stupid idea, right? I'm just gonna break down why the slam magazine experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Zine article is dumb when it comes to the Bulls tanking. The Bulls right now, right? If the lottery took place today, the Bulls would have a 6% chance to receive the first overall pick. A 6.3 chance for the second pick, a 6.7 chance for the third pick, and a 7.2% uh, percent for the fourth pick. That means that combined, the Bulls only have a 26% chance of keeping their own draft pick, which is owed to the Orlando Magic. But so because of that, it's not, and, and, and you know, um, it's it's not, it does not make sense for this team to go full tank. I know some Bulls fans are like, trade everybody. Let's go full rebuild. Let's let's all it's not it's not smart to do that, especially not this season. It's a smarter deal for the Bulls to make a big time trade to try to bring in some some more talent. Still don't think that that's something that's that's likely to happen. But that's what's smarter. When you look at this Slam magazine article, while like I said, the stats you can't argue with, but the thing that this that this article does not point out is the fact that the Bulls are five and two or five and three against teams with winning records, right? Which does point to, hey, there is talent here. There is something to build off on here. And that's one of the most egregious things to me in this article is the fact that you point out the Bulls' issues, which, again, but you, you, you fail to mention the fact that the Bulls are having success versus last year where we weren't having success against the better teams in the NBA. The Bulls are having their success against winning teams, and we're losing against the, the teams that are projected to be in the lottery. So that there shows that there's enough to build off of, in my opinion, with this team to where this season is still salvageable. Having this article talking about the play from the place and acting like the Bulls or the Los Angeles Lakers, where they have no path, no no way to improve, and have not had b these big wins against some of the better teams in the NBA, to me is an egregious miscalculation, an egregious misstep in the in the, just the fundamental part of this article. It seemed like. This article came from the place of wanting to write something 
bad about the Bulls and wanting to have that title of the Bulls are the most disappointing team in the NBA because they knew it was going to get clicks, knows where Bulls Nation is. We have to keep our heads about us. We have to understand where the, the things from these national media outlets come from. They do things that they know that the fan base, considering where they are right, right at that point mentally, are going to click on. It's going to get drawn. It's going to draw up some conversation. It's going to get retweeted. It's going to be talked about in Facebook groups. That's what this article is meant to do. And I look at it as, hey, this is a lot of good raw information, but the, the place that you came to on this to end it seems like it's just a place that you wanted to do to get clicks. And that's what this is. Now, they do start talking about, you know, Vooch, Damar, Levine being able to get to an all-star level. They talk very positively about Io DeSumo and how he is overextended as a starting point guard, which I still disagree with. He's growing into that role for sure. And then, you know, in this article to say that they think about, you know, uh, Mike Conley, Tyrus Jones is, you know, a stabilizing presence for the Chicago Bulls if they decide to go that way. Like, this article, basically, the way that I look at it, like I said, a lot of good raw information, but the place that the writer comes to in this is a place that really feels like it was built upon. And this is Mike Pina, Michael Pina, who is, is, does not typically is not one of those writers who does kind of the clickbait type things. But this is not an article in which I can support the place that he comes to in this. Right. I can I can. And we've said it here. Right. The, the way that the Bulls go, we're going to see by the end of this month. I keep saying that. I understand that. But the, but the concept of blowing it all up, the concept of doing that um, for a team that has had more success against winning teams than not, I don't necessarily do that. Now, one thing that I do also agree with this is that saying that uh, the Bulls do need to diversify Williams' playmaking responsibilities and give Dale Terry a firm spot in the rotation and pray that their commitment to failure is rewarded with some lottery pick, though. Come on, man. Listen, this team, for it to go all in on a tank right now, to go all in on a potential lottery pick when that pick it's top four protected. It'd be different if the pick was lottery protected, right? That's when you can surefire say, hey, this team should tank, not try to make the playoffs because if they don't do that, guess what? They're going to get a lottery pick in a draft that shape should be deep. But this, this, this article to me just seems short-sighted. We're not the Los Angeles Clippers. We're not the Los Angeles Lakers. We're not some of these teams that just really only have a path to improve based upon what they get in next year's draft. Now, don't get me wrong. Getting more talent to this team is definitely something that's needed, right? Definitely something that's wanted, desired by Bulls fans. We don't have that surefire superstar in the NBA yet that pushes you into championship contention. While I understand that, this team is not going to catch up with the Magic, not going to catch up with the Detroit Pistons, not going to catch up with the Houston Rockets, even the San Antonio Spurs 6-15 and 15 on the season. They, they, we have much more talent than that, and we're showing that talent in some of the wins that we've gotten over some of these teams. Slam Magazine got to chill the fuck out, right? Chill the fuck out. Chill the hell out. But I know a lot of Bulls fans do see this article and agree with it. And I want to hear from you guys on this one. Do you think, as of right now, with the way that the Bulls have played recently and the way they've played against better teams, would you think and agree with this Ringer article that the Bulls should go all in on trying to tank to get to keep their own pick and to get in that top part of that lottery? Let me know what you guys think on that one down below. All right, before we end today, we got another article to talk about, and this one's from Slam Magazine. This one was on Lonzo Ball, in which they interviewed Sam Smith, and Sam Smith said this. The general world around the Bulls is he might be able to play in January, maybe by the All-Star break. That would be wonderful, though personally, without any information or insider scoops from sources, which may or may not know, I'm not counting on him this season. Now, that has really uh, stirred up Bulls fandom, naturally, on, hey, 
Lonzo Ball could be back by the All-Star break. Lonzo Ball could be back by December. Lonzo Ball could be back by this. How does that change the team? Lonzo, listen, Lonzo Ball does not completely fix everything that's wrong with this Bulls team, but we all know what Lonzo Ball is and can be when he's on the floor now. It might take a little bit of time whenever he does get back on the floor for him to look like the Lonzo Ball that we used to and that we need. But the thing that, that concerns me, and this last update we got from Billy Donovan, is that Lonzo was not running, he was not jumping, he was not cutting, um, and that it was still a long way off before making that. And that was just an update we got from uh, Billy Donovan 12 days ago. Now, things could have taken a sharp turn in the last 12 days as well. That's very possible. I don't want to say that that's not. But again, we are now eight weeks into what was for, supposed to be a four to six week reevaluation, and we've heard nothing. I lose more hope. Every single day that goes by without an update on Lonzo Ball and a more clear timeline on if he's going to return this season. But the Slam Magazine article, at least with, the, with hearing that there are some internally in the Bulls organization that are hopeful that Lonzo can be back by the All-Star break, that could be huge for the Chicago Bulls team and be like a mid-season acquisition alone. But I'm just going to say this. Temper your expectations when it comes to that. Let's wait and see what happens and comes about with this team, when it, with Lonzo and his recovery when it comes to this. But at least this is probably the first, especially from Sam Smith, more positive update on Lonzo Ball. But again, take this with a grain of salt. Even him saying without sources, the way I take that without sources comment basically means that without the doctors saying that, the medical staff saying that. So we'll see what develops into this. We'll see what comes from this. And if Lonzo Ball does end up being able to come back by the All-Star break, That'd be huge for the Chicago Bulls and give him enough time to really ramp him back up, get him back in rhythm before the playoffs. Let me know what you guys think down below. Do you think that there is a chance after this article now that the that Lonzo Ball could return by the All-Star break for the Chicago Bulls? Let me know what you guys think down below on that one. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave your text and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773 773- 270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. Like liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. And see Red, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break.